It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. And uh, you can subscribe just by going to thepetecalendarshow.com, where you can also become a patron of the program, uh, like Joseph and Dan and John, Robbie and Janet, Sarah and Frank, Karen, Manuel, Jeff and Nicole, Chris, Jim, EZ. Thank you very much. They became patrons of the show. And the link is at thepetecalendarshow.com. And then you get exclusive content like the live stream that we did last night. Um, and that's a, those are a lot of fun. You get uh, people like talking about their dinner plans. Okay, maybe my wife tends to lead those discussions. But still, people like talking about them in the chat <laughs> while we talk about we talk about a great many things. So it's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the chat. But um, come on over. We'd love to see you there. ThePeteCalendarShow.com. Um, all right. North Carolina relies on one pipeline for its natural gas supply. And you'll recall a couple of weeks ago, like, well, maybe not even two weeks ago, we went in depth on this because there was the colonial pipeline that was for the liquid gas, um, you know, for cars and stuff like that. But that liquid gas, uh, that pipeline got shut down because of the uh, the hack from the Russians, remember? Um, and so then there was a, a North Carolina State Senate hearing. The Energy Committee had a big hearing on it. They brought in these energy leaders and they talked to them about the vulnerabilities in the system. And what was learned was, uh, and I'm sure, I don't know, maybe a lot of these senators already knew this, that there's a single natural gas pipeline, and then there's a single liquid gas pipeline, basically, that supplies all of our energy in the state of North Carolina, and that we are unique in that respect. When you have states that are as large as we are, most of them, or all of them, have far superior networks of energy distribution than we do. They don't rely on a single pipeline like we do for natural gas and a single pipeline for liquid gas. So this single pipeline for natural gas makes us vulnerable to disruptions, to shortages, and nefarious actors like we saw with the hack. John Trump, writing at the Carolina Journal, uh, reports... In an unprecedented move, North Carolina Senate leaders did not confirm the governor's pick for the uh, secretary of the Department of Environmental Quality, or DEQ. The woman's name is Dion Deligati, and that's actually two, it's a hyphenated last name, but you're going to hear it, and it sounds like one, like Deligati, sounds like one name, but it's not. It's two names hyphenated, D-E-L-L-I. Dash G A T T I Delhi Gaddy, and uh, he uh, he had picked her to run DEQ after the previous guy got bumped up to run the EPA for Joe Biden. So Wednesday, Republican Senate leaders called a news conference yesterday afternoon. I informed uh, Governor Cooper that his nominee to lead the Department of Environmental Quality did not have the votes for confirmation in the Senate. Uh, if Governor Cooper does not withdraw her nomination, uh, Ms. Delegati will not be confirmed uh, by the Senate. Uh, for the record, over the past five years, the Senate has confirmed each of the 15 cabinet secretaries Governor Cooper has proposed, even though uh, we had considerable policy differences with many of those nominees. 
This decision goes beyond basic policy differences. North Carolina faces an urgent problem, which could turn into a crisis in a matter of minutes uh, in its reliance on single pipelines and a particularly a single pipeline for its entire supply of natural gas. That pipeline uh, that we currently have, the Transco pipeline, is fully subscribed. That means there is no additional gas available to service North Carolina's growing population and manufacturing base. And if that pipeline were to go down, the state's energy producers tell us the impacts would be immediate. A strategy or even just a few tactics to address this urgent problem could be discussed and debated on the merits. But there is no strategy that Ms. Delegati offered to us uh, to debate. When asked about the Cooper administration's position on natural gas, in other words, what's the strategy here, she said she didn't know. And when asked if she's familiar with the most important proposed infrastructure project in North Carolina at the present time, the proposed MVP Southgate pipeline, uh, she said she only knew, quote, a little bit about it and had some briefing materials. Experts recently told the Senate that North Carolina's reliance on a single natural gas pipeline is the state's, quote, number one vulnerability. Based on her confirmation testimony, Ms. Delegati has only a cursory understanding at best of the most urgent energy problem facing North Carolina. That is disqualified. Okay, so two components here to the Republicans' position of their or their opposition here, right? One is that at her confirmation hearing, and that occurred back like April 27th, if I recall. Um, so it's five weeks ago. And in that uh, confirmation hearing, she was asked about the governor's plan. What is the governor's strategy for natural gas? And she did not know, said she didn't know. And then the other one was this issue of the MVP Southgate project, which MVP, I'm trying to remember what it stands for. It's like uh, Middle Virginia Pipeline, something like that. Uh, and it's coming out of Virginia and it goes down into uh, northern North Carolina. And uh, this is it's a pretty big project, but there's a the pipelines coming out of Virginia and West Virginia. And it's this is all proposed for us. It's still not done in those two states. And this, I think, is probably more of the reason why, because she didn't she did, she wouldn't say what she knew, she, you know, and they say this is all disqualifying. Now, um, there are questions all circulating and rumors like, why did they really do this? Because they did vote her down. They they did say no to her uh, confirmation. Now, Roy Cooper, the governor, was asked about this later on. So he had the Wednesday afternoon, I think it was noon or something, where they did the press conference. And that was Senate leader Phil Berger that you heard there. Uh, then the governor does his COVID briefing. Later on in the afternoon, he calls this COVID briefing, and he was asked about this a couple hours later. Uh, Secretary Dion Delegati is well qualified to serve as DEQ secretary. She is a scientist. She is a veteran, and she has years of experience in environmental and energy policy. Uh, I would hope that the Senate would not vote on this tomorrow. Uh, she is well qualified to handle this job and to do the job. And I'll say this to, to anybody who's listening, any lobbyist <laughs> or, or whoever, that nothing's going to stop this administration 
from working toward a clean energy future for North Carolina and protecting our air and water. All right. That's just knocked the tar out of that straw man there, Governor. I guess it would be the stuffing. Oh, he, I mean, he's really working that straw man over. Body blow, body blow. Um, okay. So uh, wh- why do I say that? Um, he's he's framing all of the opponents here, all the Republicans, as, you know, in bed with lobbyists. Duke Energy. Like, that's who... Nobody's saying this, but this is who they're talking about. They're talking about Duke Energy. And to, a, I guess, to an extent as well, Dominion Energy. Um, that's who they're talking about. But they don't want to name these people because they don't want to, what, accuse them of something and then not get campaign donations? Which I feel the need to point this out, that there's only one political party that got millions of dollars from Duke Energy to pay for its... Uh, presidential convention. It's national convention when it was in Charlotte. Only one party got that. And that was the Democratic Party. There was one party in charge for over a century in this state. They wrote the rules on coal ash disposal. They wrote the regulations and uh, they were in charge when, you know, uh, violations occurred and what kinds of uh, laws got violated uh, when coal ash storage uh, containment units uh, were being filled and then there were leaks and stuff like one party. That was the Democratic Party. OK, Republicans have only been in charge for a decade. <laughs> so I feel the need to point that out. And yes, now the money from the energy companies is flowing to them because they're in the majority. They're the ones writing the policy, just like the money was flowing to the Democrats. So now, like and I say this not to give a pass to Duke Energy. I say this because spare me your moral bleatings about how the other people don't care about clean water and clean air. When you guys were the ones, Roy Cooper was in the Senate for years writing these policies, okay? He was in leadership. He was the attorney general. So uh, this idea that you hold some morally superior position or some higher ethic here is laughable, okay? And so when they accuse the Republicans of doing things only because the lobbyists want them to, uh, it's a straw man argument. It is. What I suspect is going on is that this is a signal. This is, um, I don't want to say payback, but maybe it is. I don't know. uh, For a permit that was not issued over that MVP Southgate line. It's what it seems like. But also, if you're going to accuse Duke of being a special interest, then you also have to accuse all the environmentalist groups of being special interests as well. And by the way, um, Delegati worked for one of them, the Environmental Defense Fund. It would be like putting a Duke Energy executive into a position, right? But no, no, we're not allowed to talk about that, I guess. Um, Now, here's something I can talk about. Uh, That is the great deals going on at Mattress Man in their four stores in Asheville and Hendersonville and Arden. And uh, the new store is open, by the way. Uh, It's over on Airport Road. Uh, behind the IHOP in that shopping center. Uh, So go check them out. You can also see all of their inventory and the deals uh, on their website at mattressmanstores.com. And right now, they're running a great deal. It's the Memorial Day sale. They've extended it. Uh, You get a free box spring with the purchase of a mattress from the Biltmore Collection. And you're only going to find them at 
Mattress Man because they're an exclusive retailer of the Biltmore Collection. Uh, these are made by Restonic, luxurious design, and a blend of old world craftsmanship and new world exclusive technology like five support zones for proper spinal alignment. So you're going to get optimal balance of pressure point relief and support. And all that means is you get a more restorative, healthier sleep. And Synchrony Finance offers zero down, zero interest for up to 72 months for qualified applicants. They have tons of other flexible financing options, so don't worry if your credit is less than stellar. It's okay. Go to mattressmanstores.com, click the financing link. You can apply right there and get pre-approved right now and then go into the store. Five-star local delivery service, nationwide shipping, and a 120-day comfort guarantee. You can also get a King adjustable base set financed for $27 a month with no interest for 72 months. Mattressmanstores.com. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So back to the news conference that Roy Cooper had, the governor had on Wednesday. Again, this is after the press conference uh, that the Republicans held. They had apparently told, they caucused on this as a group. The Republicans got together and they said, all right, we're going to do this nomination. Who's in favor of it? And the caucus, uh, they, they were all talking. And it, it was very clear that they were not going to uh, support this nomination from Governor Cooper. And so uh, Phil Berger called Cooper and let him know that. And so then Wednesday... Uh, that was on Tuesday, I believe. Then Wednesday, Berger and his uh, fellow Senate leaders, they do the uh, uh, the news conference. And then a couple hours later, Roy Cooper does his news conference. And at this, he is asked uh, about this um, uh, about this move by the Republicans. This is a reporter, Garrett Bergquist from Spectrum News. Senate Republicans uh, said they were concerned that uh, she was not able to answer questions specifically dealing with infrastructure vulnerabilities. Uh, now, now, some of your allies on the Democratic side of the Senate are saying, well, that's not exactly in DEQ's wheelhouse. Wanted to get your take on that criticism. And then second, if the Senate does vote not to confirm tomorrow, uh, where does that leave us, both in terms of interim leadership of DEQ and in terms of uh, your nomination for a full-time secretary? First, this doesn't have anything to do with her knowledge or qualifications. She is eminently qualified to do this job. It has everything to do on whether we're going to have a clean energy future and whether we're going to protect our air and water. And whatever happens here, I'm going to remain committed to protecting our air and water and to a clean energy future in North Carolina. I would hope the Senate would delay this vote. She was there in the meeting today to answer any questions that they had. She testified five weeks ago, and they said they were going to bring her back, but they never did. This isn't about what she knows. This isn't about her qualifications. This is about whether we're going to have a clean energy future for North Carolina and whether we're going to be able to protect the air and water of the people of this state. And I, I would hope and ask that they delay this vote and give her an opportunity to clear up anything that she needs to clear up with them. I fear, however, that it doesn't have anything to do with that. Down goes straw man. Down goes straw man. <laughs> this idea that they just don't want clean water. They don't want clean air. That's what this is about. 
This is about whether we'll have a clean energy future and protect our air and water. It's just, it's such a patently dishonest and transparent straw man argument, but uh, they never get called out for this stuff. They never get any pushback on it. They get to just pop off with these uh, talking points without any kind of pushback. Anyway, back to the GOP news conference. Oh, uh, one other thing. When this, uh, when he made those comments, one of the reporters for the News and Observer, Dawn Vaughn, tweeted it out saying, uh, Governor Cooper said, quote, this isn't about what she knows. This isn't about her qualifications. And this <laughs> Senator Berger's press shop responded, what she knows or doesn't is quite literally the entire premise for the Senate's objections. <laughs> right. This wink and nod theorizing with zero evidence or explanation is very strange. If the governor has an accusation to make, then he should make it. And I agree. I agree. And uh, I got challenged by a lefty on Twitter about this. Like, I don't know what is true on this. What are the real reasons? Like, what's really going on? It's very difficult to ascertain because nobody is even saying the names of these you know, dark special money interests that walk the hallways, I assume in the shadows. Otherwise, it's really not as scary if you're just walking the hallways and not in the shadows, but whatever. Um, Nobody's making a direct accusation or allegation here. So what exactly is it? What's the deal? And I actually think NC Policy Watch, yet again, I'm quoting them, they actually got, uh, I think, probably closest to what might be the real answer. But it's, you know, of course, it's from the left. And so uh, they're looking at it like they're framing it in the most negative uh, way here. Because there are also some concerns that Republicans, I would submit, should have by putting a former um, environmental activists, uh, activist with the Environmental Defense Fund, putting her in charge of all of the permitting of fossil fuel construction projects. I think that's a problem. Why? Collusive deals, collusive settlements. Right. What's to stop the EDF or some other environmentalist group from suing? I mean, nothing, because that's all they do. Right. Suing uh, over a project. And then it goes before DEQ and DEQ is empowered to settle. And that settlement can cut out other parties. Could they not? Why not? See, this is the problem when you behave like the Democrat appointees have behaved. Now, nobody trusts anything that you're doing. So I certainly don't. You shouldn't. All right. Back to the GOP news conference. Senator Paul Newton, who was a former Duke executive, by the way, said he's from Cabarrus County. He's a Republican. He said a disruption to the Transco pipeline. That's the uh, that's the natural gas line. A disruption to that pipeline um, would be worse than the colonial pipeline disruption that we just saw. One third of North Carolina's electricity is generated from natural gas. That's nearly 90% of North Carolina homes using natural gas or electricity for heat, and nearly all homes use electricity for air conditioning. North Carolina, as Senator Berger noted, relies on a single gas pipeline, Transco, for its entire supply of natural gas. And that's unique. Most states of a similar size have a network of pipelines to provide redundancies and reliability to their energy supply. We recently saw what happens when a critical pipeline goes down. Colonial was, of course, liquid fuel, not natural gas. The repercussions of the Colonial Petroleum Pipeline hack were felt by nearly all North Carolinians for days. In fact, I heard this morning that people are still feeling the effects with gas stations not 
fully stocked with gas. Now, depending on the time of year, he said, the outages would shut down heating and air conditioning for much of the state. You see what happened down in Texas a couple of months ago? Remember with the Arctic freeze or whatever that thing was, the blast or whatever, and all of the, you know, froze up stuff. And you could have something like that happen as early as next year in North Carolina, simply because there's not enough supply. He said, um, having a single source for natural gas is our number one vulnerability. And responsibility for planning and action to address that vulnerability depends upon the Department of Environmental Quality. Yet at her confirmation hearing, Ms. Delegati could not articulate the Cooper administration's natural gas strategy which she would presumably lead or at least be heavily involved with. When asked, do you know what the governor's position is on the expansion of natural gas in North Carolina? She answered, and I quote, no, I do not, close quote. That is disqualifying. Nor was she informed about a major pipeline that was under review by her own department. The MVP Southgate pipeline has been in the works for years, and it would deliver additional natural gas to North Carolina from the Marcellus Shale in Pennsylvania. The pipeline would add redundancy to North Carolina's energy infrastructure should the Transco pipeline be disrupted, just as the liquid fuel colonial pipeline was earlier this month. Yet, Ms. Delegati admitted to senators that she has only, quote, a little bit of knowledge on it, and I have some briefing materials on it, close quote. 48 hours after she provided that answer, the agency she is nominated to lead rejected a crucial certification, potentially killing that project. There's the key. When DEQ previously reviewed the permit applications for a pipeline of similar import, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, records show that former Secretary Regan was heavily involved in monitoring that progress for months. That Mrs. Delegati had only cursory knowledge of the single most important infrastructure project in North Carolina and one her own energy, her own agency was tasked with reviewing, is disqualifying. Making matters worse, the Transco pipeline is fully subscribed, which means every unit of gas traveling through the pipeline has already been purchased. There's no room for growth, even as North Carolina's population and manufacturing base uh, are expected to expand. Dominion Energy warned our committee that their supply from Transco will no longer satisfy peak demand as soon as next year. Think about that. It won't satisfy peak demand as soon as next year. So we're capped. There isn't going to be much more growth. Where is this going to come from? How are we going to meet the energy needs of North Carolina in the next five years? If we are capped at right now, how much is getting pulled out of that line, that single line? And I suspect there are a lot of Democrats who are not too interested in being seen as anti-energy, particularly after what just happened with the Colonial Pipeline. I think that's really what's driving this, is that they realize the optics on this is bad for them. Because people are still right now, as you just heard Senator Newton mention, people are still right now not even able to find gas at all gas stations. So the... That directly impacted millions of North Carolinians. And I don't think Democrats want to be cast as uh, the opponents of filling up your gas tank right now. Just a just a thought. Again, these are these are arguments and theories that nobody is interested in discussing. We're just going to dress it up in uh, clean water, clean air talking point and be done with it.
right? Speaking of being done with it, if you're you know listing a house and you're trying to get it sold and it's not moving, uh, you need a realtor who outsells 99% of the agents in the entire state. And that would be Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. She'll get your house sold quickly and for more money. This is what she and the team do. Uh, the number is 828-333-4483. Again, that's 828-333-4483. She's the official home uh, and only Homes for Heroes real estate agent in Asheville. Uh, this is a national program. Gives buyers and sellers 25% back from the realtor commissions. And uh, she's given back like $800,000 so far to local folks in the following five professions. Police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, educators, and members of the military. So veterans, active duty, and retirees. So keep more of your own money and get your house sold. Uh, And by the way, if you're looking to buy a house, uh, she has homes in all price points. Check out the website mountainhomehunt.com or again, give her a call at 828-333-4483 and then start packing. All right. So back to the news conference, Senator Newton says uh, that this goes beyond simple policy differences, that um, Dion Delegati had no knowledge of a plan from the Cooper administration for North Carolina's energy future regarding natural gas. And that is a really big deal considering what just happened. So why not give her a chance at that hearing you had on pipeline vulnerability to speak on behalf of the administration about what it's doing? It would seem like a perfect situation for say, okay, we heard what you said in late April, then we have a pipeline vulnerability in early May. Why not come back? Why not, why not invite her to come and talk about these issues? Fair question. If she were aware of the existence of uh, the uh, lack of redundancy, which she should have been uh, at the time of her hearing, uh, that would have been one of the things that she should have articulated uh, as to a plan going forward. What, what's her plan to deal with uh, Uh, with a lack of redundancy. If she didn't know that the state of North Carolina faced that problem, then that in and of itself would disqualify her. So, you know, a question has never been asked. What is the governor's strategy? (laughs) I mean, people are saying that, well, she doesn't know his strategy. She doesn't know his plan or she doesn't have a plan. What's the plan? What's the governor's plan? How come nobody asked the governor his plan at the press conference? They knew what the arguments against Delegati was, but they didn't ask the governor at the press conference. Just throwing it out there. Um, Then there's the tweet here from uh, the governor's comms guy that got that got that got read to Senator Phil Berger. Let me see here. I've got it in the stack of stuff. Here it is. Secretary Delegati is eminently qualified to run DEQ. This has nothing to do with the pipelines and the Republican excuses for voting her down are a red herring to prevent her from protecting clean air and water and holding utilities accountable while they negotiate a secret energy bill. Okay, so there's a secret energy bill that's being negotiated. Okay, well, guess who has to sign that bill uh, before it becomes law? That would be the governor. So you're saying, Ford Porter, governor's spokesperson, it has nothing to do with pipelines. Okay, so it has nothing to do with pipelines. So when the NC Policy Watch people say, yeah, this has to do with that pipeline, that Southgate pipeline, MVP Southgate pipeline. Cooper's people say, no, it doesn't. (laughs) It just has to do with Republicans wanting everybody to drink dirty water and breathe dirty air. That's it. According to the spokesperson for Cooper, 
who tweeted that out. A reporter read this tweet to um, Phil Berger, and here was the response there. She said, this has nothing to do with pipelines and Republican excuses for voting her down are a red herring to prevent her from protecting clean air and water and holding utilities accountable while they negotiate a secret energy bill. Any truth to that? In any truth to... Essentially what they're saying is that all this talk about pipelines, that's not why you're doing this. The governor would know a red herring when he sees one because that issue uh, that he raises is one. <laughs> okay. So what is it about then? It's really like these are all of the competing narratives. The truth is probably a little bit of everything and more, right? it's it's hard to put your finger on it this thing came out of nowhere i would like more information from all the parties i would like to know what the real reason is i also recognize probably not going to happen Berger and newton were asked if any businesses trade associations industries organizations did they were people reaching out to them to express opposition and both of them said no travis fain from wral he then says, well, why not give her another chance? On the issue of not inviting her to the vulnerability hearing or not hearing from her today, can you just explain the thinking on that process? Because obviously down here, I mean, like literally right now, because there are unanswered questions, we're talking more. So why not do that with her? Why not give her the opportunity to answer more questions? <laughs> Travis, she had two hours, uh, and uh, she had uh, a full opportunity to uh, to explain mm-hmm. uh, what uh, what she uh, understood would be the governor's uh, position on natural gas, uh, what she uh, understood uh, about uh, the, uh, the the permits or the uh, applications that were existing at the time, uh, and uh, she failed to uh, to to raise uh, uh, to respond to those questions uh, in a way other than I really don't know. Uh, and uh, I, I think uh, every time a problem comes up, uh, are, do we expect her to, uh, to, to have two or three opportunities to uh, fine-tune what her response is going to be? Uh, no, I, I don't think you get mulligans uh, in, uh, in terms of, uh, of, of hearings of this sort, uh, in addition to the fact that, uh, that she had two hours in front of the committee. Uh, she also had multiple meetings with members, one-on-one or mm-hmm. in small groups. Uh, so uh, she has had uh, plenty of opportunity to uh, articulate uh, what her position uh, is or would be, uh, and uh, she has uh, up to this point failed to do so. Okay, so <clears throat> what I suspect is also going on here is Democrats are playing hide the ball. They don't want there to be an articulated strategy on energy production in this state because they're kind of jammed up on it. They pay a lot of lip service, and some of them are true believers in, you know, wind and solar. That's going to provide all of the energy needs for the state. In real world, uh, it they it, those those systems do not. <laughs> and so and it's uh, with the wind stuff, it's really a uh, it's a storage and transport transmission issue. You can't generate enough electricity from the windmills and tra- and send the energy, you know, long distances. So you got to you got to store it. And uh, it's, it's a very involved kind of a process. It's not cost effective. The biggest bang for the buck is uh, the natural gas and the, the liquid gas stuff. And that's why most 
states and nations and people all around the world use them, right? Not to say that there isn't a future for these things and the technology is always improving and that's good and I welcome all of that. However, we're not there yet. But they can't say that because they've been promising their environmentalist wacko base that we're going to be, you know, energy uh, neutral or whatever, carbon neutral by, you know, tomorrow. And everybody wants to be there right now. And they think the way to get there is to raise the cost of fossil fuel energy production so high that people then move over to the renewables, quote unquote. And so in other words, everybody pays more for electricity. Because, in, I mean, think about that. You've got to raise the cost artificially, uh, raise the costs of fossil fuel generation in order to make renewables competitive. But at the end of the day, everybody's still paying that higher cost. <laughs> You've just inflated it. Of course, Democrats, I'm sure, will then take that increased revenue. They'll find a bunch of stuff to spend it on and maybe uh, offset some of the increased cost for the renewables. Right. Like these are all part of their plans. This is the, you know, with the carbon credits and the trading systems and stuff like this is all part of what they view as the way forward. And they want to be there now, but they don't want to say that because they don't want to be cast, as I said, as the people who are blocking you from filling up your gas tank, getting to work. Right. When your electricity rates and your uh, gas, uh, uh, the, the filling up the gas tank, the price of that goes through the roof. They don't want to be blamed for that. So they're a lot. So they're caught in this between a rock and a hard place, right? They got to placate their base. They got to pay lip service to what their base wants to hear, but they can't acknowledge it. <laughs> so that's why you get this talking point of you're against clean water and clean air. That's it. That's all they've got. Because if they start talking about what the governor's plan and what the strategy on natural gas actually is, it's less. This is that. That's the plan. It's less. They don't want it. <laughs> and they know that it's a not, that's not a good PR move for them to be saying at this time, particularly in the wake of the colonial pipeline. Because every time something like that happens, it delays, right? A lot of these, uh, you know, climate change, uh, you know, Kyoto Protocol or whatever, the, you know, all these large agreements, it delays that kind of progress that they want to see because now people have a direct impact, right? They have... I know what happens when the energy gets disrupted, and that's not fun. It's a reminder, and it makes it harder to sell. Um, what's really hard to sell is a, an earth mover for a single project. That's difficult. If you're looking to move a bunch of dirt around your property, and you don't have an earth mover, are you going to buy one just to do that one project? That would be ridiculous. Who does that, right? I guess maybe there are people that do that. Just rent it. You can rent an earth mover from General Equipment Rental. They'll show you how to use it. And then you do your project and you bring it back. It's a perfect scenario. They've got tons of tools, all sorts, large and small. If you're a general contractor, you know, commercial use, or if you're, you know, a homeowner, you got a large property, whatever. They are also your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. So they, they know all of the models, they know all of the tools, they know the improvements that get made, comparisons like, oh, what kind of property do you have? What kind of work are you looking to do with it? And they can help guide you to the right tool for your property size and the jobs that you're looking to do. So they got chainsaws, uh, you know, trimmers and hedge clippers. They've got the auto mower that just drives around the yard, cuts your grass all on its own. It's so cool. Um, so you never have to cut the yard again. 
never mow again. If you want to mow, they've got like the heavy duty, like the stand on mowers, the riding mowers. They've got all of it, gas and electric, uh, all of it, battery powered, I should say. Uh, go check them out at their website, generalrents.com. You can see all the inventory. You see the deals, get 10% off your first rental at generalrents.com. General Equipment went to, uh, Rental in Weaverville. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Uh, they are family-owned and operated now for three generations. Tell them you heard it here on the podcast and support the businesses that support the show. General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. So the North Carolina State Senate, in an unprecedented move, said uh, they are not confirming. They rejected the confirmation of Dion Deli Gaddy, who was Governor Roy Cooper's pick to lead the Department of Environmental Quality. They said they did so because she admitted to having only a little bit of knowledge about a proposed second natural gas pipeline and... She failed to articulate the administration's natural gas strategy. Now, during the floor debate in the Senate, Democrat Mike Woodard from Durham said the first woman to lead DEQ is qualified to do so. And he urged Republicans to you know, drop their opposition and just support her nomination. Disqualify to pronounce someone ineligible for an office activity or competition because of an offense or infringement, to declare unfit, to declare unqualified. Such a harsh word, really, disqualify. Is it? Yet we've heard it dozens of times in the last two days to describe an eminently qualified secretary of the Department of Environmental Quality. Uh Disqualified, not on paper, Air Force veteran, Bachelor's in Geology, Master's in Environmental Science, Practical Experience Working in the Federal EPA, Ohio's State EPA, Local Government and the Private Sector, Director of Southeast Climate and Energy for EDF, an organization known to many of us for its collaborative work on sound environmental and energy policy. Okay, Um, so fine, qualified on paper. Yeah, but people on paper don't manage agencies and papers don't respond when you ask them questions in your confirmation hearing. And the paper does not address what the strategy is for natural gas pipelines to be built in this state. And the last EPA or um, DEQ administrator, secretary, uh, they shut down this Southgate permit. And then it was coming back up before the DEQ when Deli Gatti was at the confirmation hearing five weeks ago. And she was asked about this. And she said, I don't know what the strategy is. And he asked about the Southgate project. And she says, I have a very limited understanding. I don't really know anything about it, but I do have a briefing book. I'll totally get to it. And then two days later, DEQ rejected the permit. Ah, that's, I think that that probably has something to do with it. Don't you think? This guy, uh, the state senator, Mike Woodard, he then says he has talked to energy companies that are regulated by DEQ, and they all said they support Delegati. To the average person watching at home on TV or reading it in the paper, this appears to be another partisan catfight on Jones Street. That has little effect on them and their lives. Mm. But it is much more than that. Vote with me, vote with us in rejecting this motion 
to ensure that these people, our constituents, have clean water, clean air, a clean environment, safe, reliable energy, and a better future for North Carolina. Okay, so what is he talking about there? Again, with the you know clean water, clean air, they want you to die. Uh, that's the you know the the boilerplate narrative crafting that Democrats have been engaged in for decades. Um, but what is he talking about? He's talking about future stuff. He's talking about energy that you know could be coming online in thirty years, forty years. Transcom. Uh, Transco, rather, that pipeline is already fully subscribed. There is not enough gas in peak demand periods starting next year. What are you going to do next year, year after, year after that, right? Natural gas is a bridge fuel. This was said, I think uh, Senator Newton said this, that it's it's a bridge fuel to get us to that point in the future. We can all agree where we want to go. We do. We all want clean water, clean air, and we all want technologies that make that possible. How do we get there? How long does that take? Well, in the meantime, we need the energy production and transmission and distribution in this state. How are you going to do that if you're opposed to natural gas? Because that's really at the heart of this debate, is they're opposed to increasing fossil fuel generation and distribution. That's really what's going on here. There is opposition to this. This woman, Deli Gotti, went on Spectrum News after the Atlantic Coast Pipeline deal fell apart last year when uh, when they scrapped all the plans. And she went on the, new, uh, the, uh, the news station down there and said, this is a good thing. She said, it's good that this project was scrapped. Okay, you're against natural gas pipelines? Is that the idea here? Democrat Julie Mayfield questioned... Uh, whether this is even possible uh, for Delegati to know what Governor Cooper's strategy is. Because honestly, she says, you know, could anybody answer that question about Governor Cooper's uh, natural gas strategy? On the question of the governor's, of her not being aware of the governor's natural gas, position on natural gas, I, I say this. Um, it's not surprising that she did not know Governor Cooper's position on natural <laughs> gas. Um, indeed, I would challenge anyone in this chamber to identify the governor's position on natural gas. Uh, I looked for it, and I couldn't find it. Now, that is not to say that the governor and his administration have been negligent or derelict on this. No, 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 no. Although some might argue that they have been. Don't get me wrong. Instead, I would point you to Executive Order 80 issued by the governor in October of 2018 and the North Carolina Clean Energy Plan issued a year later. That plan, developed under prior DEQ Secretary Michael Regan, represents the work of over 160 stakeholder groups representing utilities, policymakers, regulators, universities, nonprofits, the public, and industry experts. It does not reflect just the governor's position on anything, but that of a broad set of stakeholders taking a broad view of our energy future. Okay. So I suggest that her answer that was that her answer that it was not wrong or insufficient or disqualifying. Again, I would challenge anyone in this chamber to articulate the governor's clear position on natural gas. To the degree that I found anything, it was frustration from the environmental community that he had not clearly, more clearly come out against new fossil fuel expansion. Right. Okay. So Julie Mayfield, God bless her, Julie Mayfield taking the unique defensive position that of course Delegati doesn't know anything. Nobody does because the governor doesn't have a plan. (laughs) Okay. I don't believe that, by the way. 
I don't believe that. This is what I mean by they're playing hide the ball. They know what the plan is. The plan is to not allow for any new production to come online, which is what Duke Energy wants. They want to create more production in the state. And the Democrats do not want to see that happen. That's That goes to the, quote, secret deal, the secret energy plan that's being crafted. It's not, it's not so secret, <laughs> okay? Duke Energy wants there to be more energy production, natural gas production in the state. Um, and also, by the way, uh, thank you, Andy, for sending me the link to this. It's a Greenpeace.org article written by Michael Zitkow, a field organizer in North Carolina back in 2016, right before the election. He got a hold of Democratic challenger Roy Cooper, the attorney general. He recently broke his silence on North Carolina's growing fracking and natural gas industry. And we got it on video, he says. We'll take a listen to that up in a minute. Uh, First, Old Grouch's military surplus, your source for top quality items, American-made items, real U.S. military surplus, uh, first aid kits and camp stoves and backpacks and ammo cans and gun accessories. If you are a camper, a a backpacker, a hiker, uh, you like to go fishing and hunting, you work outdoors, uh, you got to have a bag, right? You probably got a bag of essentials. Is there a first aid kit in that pack? There should be. Does your go bag have a first aid kit? What's in the first aid kit? Do you even know what needs to be in a prep survival kind of uh, go bag? Tim does at Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Tim Tim will help you. Uh, go check him out. Shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Uh, it's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and online 24-7 at oldgrouch.com. So nobody knows what the governor's strategy is on natural gas. And Julie Mayfield said she looked, but she couldn't find anything. Well, I didn't even look. I got a tweet, a direct message from Andy, who said, hey, I found something. And so I looked at it and yeah, it's actually a video clip from Greenpeace. The Democratic challenger, Roy Cooper, recently broke his silence on North Carolina's growing fracking and natural gas industry. And we got it on video. They talk about the coal ash crisis. That was in the news, you know, with the in the first term of Governor Pat McCrory. And again, this is from November 2016. So a couple days before the election, Greenpeace says the public is now more aware that corporations like Duke Energy are not only polluting our water, but also our democracy. Duke has consistently supported energy policies that favor toxic fossil fuels over renewable energy and now is no different as it plans to dramatically shift towards natural gas. Greenpeace was not satisfied with Cooper's lack of information, so we decided to ask him directly what his stance was on natural gas and fracking. Here's the audio. It's kind of tough to hear, so I'll give you the transcript afterwards. I wonder what your opinion is on fracking and uh, natural gas. I don't, don't like that. I, I think we need to be concentrating more on All right, it's just terrible, but it it does exist. I'm letting you know. He was at like some fair or something. There's music blaring in the background. So what do you think about natural gas and fracking? And he says, quote, I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. I think we need to be concentrating more on renewable energy. And we've got one of the best solar efforts in the country. 
Now, in this Greenpeace article, it says Duke Energy's long-term plan calls for nine new natural gas plants to be built in the Carolinas by 2030, with only 4% of the company's energy coming from renewable sources like solar and wind. This is what people don't want to talk about, I think. This is part of the issue. They don't, oops, excuse me, they don't want to uh, have to go into details about why they're going to block new natural gas production in a state where the supply is already essentially tapped out. We're maxed out and we're not even going to be able to meet peak demand next year, which means your AC units are going to start going out. Your natural gas, if you're running natural gas to heat your home, you may not be able to heat your home. Those are the real world implications of not having enough supply to meet the demand in a growing state like we have. All right, last clip here. This is from the Senate floor debate. Democrat Michael Garrett from Guilford accused Republicans of engaging in a conspiracy with unnamed entities, all to hurt North Carolinians. And so now we're using a Russian cyber attack on a Georgia company and a phantom pipeline argument to derail the nomination of an imminently, imminently qualified professional. Imminently? I think the conversation Imminent? and the questions today have laid bare the naked truth. Okay. This isn't really about a pipeline or natural gas plan. Oh, now it's so it's not about a pipeline. It's again. the problem with this place that there are dark money interests in the gallery here today <laughs> and that walk the hallways of this building all the time <laughs> that sometimes call the shots. And I know each and every one of you are not comfortable with it. Everyone in here is a good person that wants to do the right thing. <laughs> and sometimes That's so sure. we have to stand up for the people of North Carolina. Sometimes we can't side with those special interests. Sometimes we need to protect our families, our communities, our neighborhoods. But today, what's about to happen, once again, those interest groups are going to win. And this body is going to choose them over the people that trust us to come here to do their work. Notice the built-in assumption that uh, it's not doing the people's work to make sure that they have uh, reliable and inexpensive energy, right? That's not, <laughs> that's not the people's work. And the special interests that roam the halls in the hallways, in the shadows, in the darkness, uh, that those are not the environmentalist groups. Those are not the groups that fund the Democrats, like Duke Energy. Like, it's not them. It's the people that fund the Republicans and their policy preferences, right? That's what's going on. The NC Policy Watch people, they had a piece called Who Derailed the Confirmation? No one wants to own it. I would submit she did. <laughs> I'd submit she derailed it. Governor Cooper derailed it. They both did. But that never comes up as a potential here. Why she attracted the ire of the Republican leadership is unknown. See, so built into this reporting is an assumption that the Republicans are lying about why they are uh, refusing to appoint her. Her initial confirmation hearing happened in April. There were no follow-up meetings. Senate Democrats have said publicly they were blindsided by this. Uh, two weeks ago, they did the um, 
you know, that that hearing with the energy companies, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but she was not invited to participate in that hearing. And Michael Garrett, who you just heard from, um, he pointed this out in the debate saying, uh, you know, you you she's eminently qualified, which, by the way, the word is eminently, not imminently. Imminently would indicate that she's about to be qualified like any minute now. Um, Now, over the last few days, Democrats have engaged in amateur sleuthing to flush out who had tanked the governor's choice. And so they've been running around asking all these industries. And of course, all the industries are like, "Uh, no, we're totally on board with her. And they're like, oh, Duke Energy, Dominion Energy, they put out statements in support of her. Well, yeah, what do you think they're going to do? Do you think Duke Energy is going to be like, we're so glad that she got shown the door? No, because the risk is too great. You're not going to you're not going to go out and antagonize Democrats on this. They got what they wanted, if that's what they wanted. Right. If this is true, they got what they wanted. Why would they need to play rough and tumble with the Democrats? They'll, they'll cut you a check. And if you get into power and can uh, do things for them later, they don't want to ruin that relationship. In fact, by the way, um, right after the uh, the vote to not confirm Delegati, the governor put out a press release. Dion Delegati has the experience and qualifications to serve as secretary of DEQ and the legislature's baseless political criticism of her credentials is but a smokescreen. It, it's not a it, it wasn't about her credentials, just for the record. Uh, so that's uh, that's a lie. That's gaslighting. Uh, but it was a mere smokescreen to thwart North Carolina's transition to clean energy that she has the knowledge to help put in place. Well, now that seems like she's against natural gas. She's against fossil fuels, doesn't it? Sounds like the governor does have a strategy. Sounds like he doesn't like fracking and natural gas. What do you think? He then says, I am pleased that Dion will continue to serve our state in the role of North Carolina Clean Energy Director as we transition to renewable energy. So he carved out a gig for her. I think the salary is like 150K plus or something. And so she landed with a gig. She's being taken care of. And now she's going to get to focus more on clean energy. Take that, Republicans. That is a wrap for the episode. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Remember, subscribe to the podcast, thepetecallendershow.com. And I'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Music.